podcast time. Good morning, grab your friends. We'll talk about fairy days and lands. Met the man and names a woman. The fun will never end. It's podcast time. Welcome to Oh My God, an Adventure Time podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And here we are talking about Adventure Time from the very beginning all the way to the end. Oh, yeah. Matt? Yes. Hi. Hey, kid. How are you? OMG. Was that your Mayor West voice? Uh, that does sound a little like Mayor West. Hey, kid. How are you? Uh, <laughs> that's a, that sounds a little too pervy. <laughs> it turns out I can't do uh, Adam West. <laughs> that's funny. I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm also pretty good. Yeah. 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 We uh, just did a little house cleaning today. Yeah. Did some adulting. Yesterday we finished our yearly Lord of the Rings marathon. Which was awesome. Yeah. It's funny because it turns out your sister is also having a Lord of the Rings marathon with her She family. is. And she's going to go to the Alamo for her, their Return of the King. Um, but I was like, yeah, we kind of like being able to stop. Yeah, you know. especially when it's a four-hour movie. Yeah. We we enjoy doing, like, we've mentioned in the last episode, like, our wizard movie marathon every every winter. And it's kind of cool because we, like, we stretch it out over, like, at least a full month. Mm-hmm. And because the movies are long enough, we just pause, like, every hour or two. And we're yeah. like, okay, we'll keep it going tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Other than that, it's been the winter of sickness. Yeah. <laughs> We've just been, like, one thing after another lately. So hopefully... By the time this episode's out, we'll be superhumans immune, immune to everything. Yes. Yep. That's the hope, at least. Yep. <laughs> but how are you? I'm good. I was just watching Simpsons, watched classic Mr. Plow episode, which oh, was yeah. awesome. That is a classic. There's So we just kind of had um, season four of The Simpsons playing in the background today mm-hmm. while we were cleaning. And there's so many bangers in that season. Like, it's nothing but classics. Yep. Like, bang, bang, banger. Bang. Bang or ang. Bang or ang review. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I figured that's what you're going for. Yep. I couldn't think of the rang part. But hey, today's the end of our Fiona and Cake takeover. I know. It's the last two episodes of the series, yeah. uh, for this season at least. There is a second season that's been um, announced. We don't know when it will be out. But yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty uh, cool to get back to OGAT. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I've been uh, actually actively excited. Actively, actively. excited. Very. I watched a bunch of Adventure Time with my sister and my nephew when we yeah. visited them for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So Matthew for Christmas was like, we should get the nieces and nephew a gift and on Christmas Eve. And uh, yep. he's like, oh, Adventure Time is one of the things he likes. Awesome. I'll find something Adventure Time. I was like, babe. You're not going to find anything in Adventure Time in like a Walmart toy aisle. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out we didn't. We got him some race cars. He liked them. Yeah, I think he did. He liked the packaging. He's playing with that at least. So that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Anyway. So yes, we're covering two episodes, Casper and Nova and Cheers. And yeah. And uh, then we'll share some of our thoughts about the series. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it like a laser. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's intense. Yeah, it's a little intense. (laughs) Well, we just jump right into it. Let's jump in. Let's do it. I need some liquid energy. All right. Casper Nova has an IMDb rating of 8.8. Overall number uh, nine of the season one. Directed by Ryan Shannon, written and storyboarded by Jack Pendarvis, 
Kate Singh, Hannah Nystrom, Anthony Birch, and Adam Muto. Old Muto. <laughs> original air date was on the 28th of September, 2023. Yes. The title card is Casper and Nova written out in kind of like, I would say like almost like 60s psychedelia. Yeah. Kind of lettering. Yeah. Or font. And then you got some like roots in the background and some crazy Dr. Seuss looking mountains. Yeah. A wet brick wall. Yeah. I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> it, it looks like a little like fantasy background with like 1960 bubble font. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I saw this at this galactic, the scholastic book fair as a kid, uh -huh. I'd be like, well, it's a fun looking cover. <laughs> and uh, that's what this reminds me of. Scholastic right. book, book affair. Cool. Okay. Good story, bro. Cool. So Fiona seemingly wakes up back in Fiona world, which has been, which has had its magic restored thanks to the Ice King's crown. As she and Cake explore it, however, they discover bizarre inconsistencies about how they pictured it, including Gary being a monstrous mutant, Marshall Lee, a vampire that bursts into flames in the sun, and LSP being eaten alive with spaghetti as innards. They retreat to their apartment where Fiona encounters a deformed Simon in the freezer. Creepy times 10. Oh, yeah. She then wakes up in the town's ice skating rink, which, to her relief and Cake's disappointment, is normal. Yeah, this was a very disturbing opening scene. It was. <laughs> it was super. really freaky. So Fiona learns that she and Cake had the same dream and worries that it was an omen. Cake blows it off and says that uh, she can't wait for the world to change. They run into Gary and Marshall Lee and are thrilled to learn the two are now a couple. And she's like looking down at their hands, like yeah. at their hands as they're holding hands together. Like, and she's she, like, her this? face is like right up in their business. Yeah. Fiona tells them that their whole world is in Simon's head and that it's about to turn magical. Gary and Marshall Lee are skeptical until Cake surprises them by showing off her powers and ability to speak. Simon wakes up in Glock. Golbs. I almost said globs. Yeah, it's it's so close. Yeah. It just switched a couple letters around. Right? Boom. That's what I'm it's saying. Glob. Come on. Come on, AT. Golbs Dimension, where he encounters the Lich praying to Golb, demanding to know why he has lost all meaning now that he has fulfilled the purpose in destroying the world. Golbetti appears and Simon expresses awe that his spell finally worked when he was not even trying. Golbetti transforms the Lich into one of its mysterious shapes that always floats around Golb. Simon tells Betty of his personal guilt over wasting her second chance for him and reveals his plan to use the crown to save Fiona and Cake. Before he can put it on, however, Golbetti grows enraged and activates her powers on him. I'm reminded by the scene of a director I like hmm. named David Cronenberg, hmm. who is a very famous Canadian horror movie director who specializes in what's called body horror. <laughs> you know, the, the, the horror of a body transforming. And, like, not only do you have, like, the Golbetti transformation fusing, fusion being happening here, but then she then transforms the Lich into, like, a floating letter in the sky. I was yeah. like, yeah. That's <laughs> creepy. about that is so, so horrifying to me. And this is, like, one of those things where I think if I had watched all of Adventure Time, I'd have a better understanding of what's happening. But I'm like, all right, I'm here for it. I don't feel like it's spoilery yeah. because there's nothing, no information behind it. It's like assumed that you know what's happening here. And I'm glad that at the end of the show, you don't feel like all of Adventure Time was spoiled. And yeah. I also feel like there's still a lot of stuff in, in Adventure Time that could be spoiled and was not by the show. So yeah. it's great. I'm glad that um, it hasn't ruined the rest of the show for you, having yeah. seen all this stuff in the future. Yeah. So uh, where were we? In the distant future of Ooh, Shermie and Beth finish vandalizing Gibbon's palace. 
As they venture on to the next step of their revolution, Shermie goes into a trance as Gulbetty's spell teleports Simon's mind into Sherman's body, which I found very funny. Yes. Assuming he's just hopped into another alternate universe, Simon protests Betty's actions and explains the circumstances to Beth. Skeptical, Beth agrees to take Simon to the library where he could find more info about this universe's crown. Meanwhile, Scarab wakes up in the Gulb dimension and seeing Simon's immobile body attempts to use his crystal tool on him. Golbetty intervenes, turning Scarab into separate miniature Scarab bugs and splitting them into more each time Scarab tries to attack Simon. One of the Scarabs crawls into the portal on Simon's head into Fiona World. Wow, did we not cover this already? I feel, for some reason, it feels like we talked about this. Oh, Mm -mm. it's because we started recording this episode once already. Yes. That's right. (laughs) Fiona and Cake finish explaining their world's history to Gary and Marshall Lee, including their backgrounds as candy royalty and a vampire. The two are amazed but become concerned at the prospect of the world changing, asking if they'll still be together. This causes Fiona to now worry everyone will forget everything about their world. Cake doesn't make it any better by telling the two that they visited a world where their counterparts were trying to kill each other. Guessing they can influence the world by telling Simon about Gary and Marshall Lee's relationship, Fiona and Cake seek out a portal that they can use to talk to Simon. But when they find one, they're attacked by the Scarab's bugs, who began to wreak havoc on the world by coming through various other portals. Crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, Beth and Simon arrive at the library, where they retrieve some hollow books that Beth requested. Simon eventually finds a copy of the hollow book Ancient Artifacts, only for the two of them to be ambushed by pagelings. Which is so funny. Yes, that's another callback I loved. Paper mm-hmm. Pete. Paper Pete. You may call me Pee Pee. <laughs> uh, and the pagelings fight them for the books. Simon manages to nab the hollow book, and they escape. Fiona, Kate, Gary, Marshally, and Hunter manage to capture the scarab bugs, keeping them separated in jars and plastic bags in Fiona's apartment. Meanwhile, Prisma tries to break out of the cube Scarab has trapped him in, declaring that he needs to help Fiona and Cake. Figuring that Simon is still alive despite not having put on the crown, Cake tells Fiona to call Simon, claiming she gave him her phone. Fiona's like, that was my phone? They call Simon, but he is still immobilized by Golbetty, and he is a- unable to pick up. Really quick, like this, so we're... We have multiple scenes happening here. So we have Golbetty situation where Simon is immobilized and kind of like frozen in time um, where the lich was just removed. And then you have Scarab who tried to attack. And then you have Fiona World. Yeah. And then you have this other alternative ooh with Beth and Charmy. Sh- mm-hmm. And and then we have uh, we have Prismo also coming in to support. Yes, there's there's a lot. We jump around a lot in this episode, like from place to place. I feel like if somebody's listening who hasn't actually watched the show, they'd probably be like, I don't know what is happening right now. Yeah, yeah. In the future, Beth and Simon arrive at her and Shermie's reading spot under the fern tree. Uh, Simon assumes Ancient Artifacts is written by this world's version of himself and therefore holds the key to finding the crown. Beth shows Simon that the holobook is trigger-based. They open it to learn that it's a choose-your-own-adventure game following two characters, Casper and Nova, who are on a quest to find mysterious artifacts, including a magic crown. The holobook allows them to choose to follow Casper's quest for the crown or Nova's quest for, the, for other artifacts. Mm. Uh, an important detail. Mm-hmm. Simon immediately chooses Casper's choice, only for it to be revealed the crown is elsewhere in the story. They try to start over and follow Nova's option, but the holobook refuses to let them change their choice. So... Interesting. It is interesting. And like while watching the episode, I was like, what? What's that? Why were you doing this? And then yeah. when it's revealed why, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's nice. 
<laughs> Still in the apartment, Fiona is unable to get a hold of Simon and worries that he's hurt. She decides to go back through the portal and help him, and the rest of the group joins her. After they leave, LSP wakes up in the pile of clothing, seeing the trapped scarabs and unaware of their origin, he immediately frees them from captivity, only to be attacked. As the group outside prepares to take off, they are horrified to witness an explosion in the apartment and the completed scarab standing in the room. Bum, 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 cliffhanger. So, what'd you think of this one? I said the world be crazy and the dream be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my first things. Yeah, this is where you can feel... You can feel it ramping up at this point. Like you, yeah. you, you feel that finale coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed this one. I uh, I thought it was very good. the The previous episode, you know, the one dealing with um, Simon and Betty's backstory, I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, and this did a pretty good job as a follow up. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because so it's like such a it's like a bridge between I think the last episode and the, the previous episode and the very last episode. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, the, this this is the first episode to introduce the idea that up to this point, we're following Fiona and Cake and like we want to see them succeed in getting the world that they want. But we never have been given a reason to think, oh, no, maybe that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're starting to see like, oh, there's consequences to this. And mm-hmm. maybe not everything in this world is so bad. It is interesting, the shift. So up until now, our focus has been like, get the magic crown, get the magic crown. Then we think about, okay. Outside of that, we have the relationship with Betty and Simon. We have the Fiona and Cake's world that has implications and like developments while she's gone, you know. And then yeah. we also have Prismo, and then we have Scarab running around. It's it's a whole like wild situation. Yeah, it is. Also, the Lich. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Like it- why? Like bringing that in in this alternative world where the Lich is successful. And he like kills the whole world and he's like, okay, now what? And then now he has no purpose and gets, yeah. gets turned into a puzzle piece. Yeah. That's, and um, that's something I, I talked about in the last episode was like, I really liked what they did with the Lich in the show. And this is the episode I was referring to. It's yeah. like, okay, you're starting to see like some, not quite humanity in the Lich, but at least like mm-hmm. feeling behind what he's doing. And yeah. It's like, okay, we better he's, understand now he's not just him. Evil for the sake of evil. Yeah. The voice of Shermie is done by the kid from the Goldbergs. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. He pops up in um, the original Adventure Time at some point. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I really like the Choose Your Own Adventure book. I do think it's really interesting how it taught, like, we have more Casper and Nova during the next episode, which we'll get to, but. Yeah. I, like, Simon actually learns about himself through this experience. It's kind of cool. It is. It is really cool. And like as he's learning the stuff, we're learning it with him. Yeah. And it's, I thought, very, very cleverly done. It yeah. definitely went in a direction I did not expect. Exactly. Like yep. a total pivot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I had really no complaints with this episode. I thought it was an enjoyable romp. What was your favorite line? Favorite line was, I know how to read. I have degrees. <laughs> and it's Simon slash Shermie. That's funny. How about you? Tell my kids I resent them. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And again, Simon Shermie, and it was like Shermie being like dramatic before, like they're escaping the place they were yep. revolutionizing, and then uh, uh, and then Simon gets put into Shermie's body. Yes, yes, I liked it. Give me an impression of a character. All right, I'm too pretty to get eat. I love it. And that's from LSP. Yay. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I love it. Okay. 
hey, I'm walking here. And it's from whatever <laughs> character it is in Cheers in this episode. <laughs> All right. I got a bunch of trivia. Oh, yeah. Ready? It's trivia time. So both Cheers in this episode have title cards that resemble the title card style of the original series. Oh, cool. Uh, one of the scenes during the Fiona's Nightmare was previously seen in the San Diego Comic-Con promo poster for the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's revealed that Gold Betty can turn anyone into floating objects around them as she effortlessly destroyed the extinct, extinct world's version of the Lich, turning him to a floating object. It's also revealed that Betty has some control over Gold's true nature in her new form, manifesting more complex intentions than its usual irrational chaotic actions. Oh, okay. All wow, right. that's, that's a wow. <laughs> that's a good one. Also, she can just turn the whole universe into a bunch of Cronenbergs. Uh, some of Steve Wolfhard's ooh one thousand plus concept arts from wow. 2018 appear in this episode, such as Pond Swan. Oh my gosh, we didn't even <laughs> talk about Pond Swan. That comes up the next one. Oh, that's right. Yes, okay, okay, it's so good. A oh futuristic version of Two's Goose. Oh my gosh, you guys, it was great. <laughs> Uh, Marsha Lee's t-shirt references the one Marcy gave to PB when they started dating centuries ago. Oh. When Simon is the in the presence of Golbetti, the clouds in Fiona World change shape to match the shapes that Golb makes. Oh, I didn't notice that. I don't remember that. That's cool. As it was already indicated by the first episode, Fiona and Kate's subconscious retained some memories of what their world looked like when it had magic. It also... Uh, shown for the first time the gender bet Huntress wizard in his non-human form. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, it does. I remember that. I remember. It is, I remember. It is heavily implied Casper and Nova are fictional characters created to be an allegory to the relationship between Simon and Betty. Yep. Yep. Evidenced by the real location of the crown being mentioned and an accurate image of it in the game <laughs> and how the cover of the hollow book is identify identical to the book of the same name simon wrote which was seen in episode simon petrikov cheers is once again referenced and and even shown on fiona's tv cheers was previously referenced in simon and marcy fiona campbell simon petrikov the winter king and the previous episode jerry mm. cheers was previously shown on fiona's tv and fiona campbell and the winter king while the theme song was heard in simon petrikov when simon turned on his tv Ah, cool. After Billy's body is destroyed, the lich in his skeleton form looks exactly like the original lich did in Escape from the Citadel. I noticed that. Yeah. That's cool. Beth and Shermie return for the first time since their introduction in the original series finale, Come Along With Me. In addition, the role of Beth was recast with Imani Hakim. Oh. The pagelings from Paper Pete returned once again, now feral due to most of the library hollow books go, uh, being gone. They were feral and they were funny. Yes, they were. They're like, give me your library card. <laughs> they were such a treat to see again. They were. Uh, Gary and Marshall still together after their kiss in The Star. I'd be surprised if they broke up between episodes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Turtle Princess's shell is now occupied by a cyber cyborg-like creature, which can be seen in the library. Yeah, it's great. Isn't that I wild? It. It's the library. I think was such a fascinating part of the whole library situation. Was great. Yeah, I think that that was one of my favorite parts, if not my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was good. The episode previous to this one was a big story one. Yeah. The finale is a, uh, also a big story one. This feels like that middle piece chapter. Yep. That's kind of tying it all together. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So as as far as that goes, 
felt like this was very enjoyable. Yeah, it was great. It was a little confusing at first. Like I was like, I'm not sure where all this is going, Mm -hmm. but I think with the partner of the last episode, it makes total sense. Oh, yeah. It wraps it up all really nicely in the next one. Yep, I agree. Yep, which we're going to get to right now. Let's do it. All right. So the final episode, number 10, is titled Cheers. Yeah. IMDb rating 9.2, directed by Steve Wolfhard, written and storyboarded by Hannah Nystrom, Anna Sylvestan, Severtson, Jim Campbell, and Jackie Files. Jackie Files. Dang it. (laughs) No, no, it is Jackie Files. Last time we thought it was Jackie Flies. (laughs) Kill me, Smalls. Air date 9-28-2023. Of course, this episode's titled Cheers. What else was it going to be? How funny is it that Cheers... Is such a big thing in this show and in the Simon and Marcy story and everything. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Somebody out there involved in Adventure Time really loves Cheers. They must or something. <laughs> or they'll be like, how funny is it if dot, dot, dot. And the title cards for the show are the easiest to explain. It says Cheers. Yeah. And, and it's like, like a, so it looks like when, and we'll explain it, but like how when Scarab took part, took away part of the world, it looks like that. It looks all like trying, kind of burnt away. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what, what that was. And that's what it is. Yeah. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Good catch, honey. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. The events of Casper Nova Hollow Book that Beth and Shermie slash Simon are reading is depicted as Casper and Nova failed to get the crown from the moon demon king. Nova suggests following them in a sunship while Casper suggests checking the launch pad to see where he is going. Simon complains that the book is cheating by making the crown so hard to obtain. Oh, man, these green monsters are so good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Skittles. Skittles. They taste like Skittles. Melted down Skittles. Oh, here we go. Pond Swan, who oh. Simon mistakes for Choose Goose. I don't know what it was about Pond Swan, but we just like died with the laughter. It was so great. What I was like, oh. was revealed. It's like it's an like evil Choose Goose. It was like Choose Goose again. <laughs> and then it said, and Matt, you have to say it. Uh, so Pond Swan, who Simon mistakes for Choose Goose, taunts him before taking off. Silly boy, these geese are like, so I'm, I'm kind of losing my voice right now, so I can't quite do choose goose like I normally can. Yeah, yeah. Silly boy, these geese are long gone. Now is the era of Pond Swan. It was so funny. <laughs> the way he says I it. died laughing. It's like the voice actor thought it was ridiculous. It was so great. It was so great. Pond Swan. Pond like, Swan. That, ugh. That's okay. amazing. That was great. It amazing. is, I think, the funniest moment in this whole series. This is like round of applause. The fun- I don't know why it's so funny. Maybe it's just because of our history with Choose Goose, but it was yeah. just like, where I was just like ready to go you know, poo poo on Choose Goose, and all of a sudden I get Pond Swan. It's just like, so funny. What? Oh, it's just comedy gold. Yeah, it's good. So Simon tells Beth that uh, he needs to find a way to stop the scarab. As it's revealed that the real Shermie is trapped in Simon's mind playing video games while Simon remains immobilized in Gulb's dimension. In Fiona World, Scarab accuses Fiona and Cake of ruining all the worlds that they visited, reminding them of all the things that they destroyed. Cake opens Scarab's crystal multi-tool, because they have that. They, yes. they got it from Scarab. And launches several Scarab's captures at him, including the Baby, Kyra Siphon, and Perry the Living Island of Insight. <laughs> Scarab kills several of them and launches himself at the group, 
Meanwhile, in Casper and Nova's story, Simon chooses Casper's option and they follow the Moon Demon King back with Fiona's world. <laughs> Gary, Marshall Lee, and Hunter try to hold back Scarab, but he manages to retrieve his crystal tool and begins destroying the world to Fiona's horror. In one short paragraph, you just covered every story happening. I know, right? At once. <laughs> it is wild. So let's talk about this crystal tool, how he's like destroying it. So he like points it and then it just like whites it out like it takes it away as if it's like destroying it into like nothingness yeah it's like using whiteout yeah with a vacuum a whiteout vacuum i love using whiteout that was a random fact (laughs) so i have this planner and like i make mistakes constantly i'm like you get to pull out the whiteout gun and i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) and it's the line it's not like the liquid whiteout yeah but it's, it's so the, fun to use. All right. And I like cool. to write over it again. And I'm like, oops, I made another mistake. Better use some whiteout. Oh, my goodness. You're so funny. Oh. So cake turns into a need, massive. Do you need some alone time with the with whiteout the white over there? <laughs> my precious. <laughs> so cake turns into a massive kaiju <laughs> to fight Scarab. Which is it, like Matt's dream. Yeah. And, uh, all even things Fiona's, kaiju. Yep. Even Fiona says like, this is my number one dream. <laughs> yeah. And it's turning into a giant monster. And yes, that is my dream. I want to be Godzilla when I grow up. Yeah. So Kate turns into a mess of kaiju. But she quickly finds that she may have overextended herself, despite Fiona's encouragement. In the future, Simon and Beth reach the part of the story where they find the crown, but Simon is distraught to learn the options left for Casper getting the crown either result in Nova's death or in saving Nova and being forced to forget her. He Hmm. protests the options, not wanting either to happen. It's so sad. It is. It's, this is where you start to realize, oh, there's a correlation between the story in this yep. game and the yep. story of Simon and Betty. Yep. Yep. Beth points out that there would be more options if you didn't pick Casper's options every time, noting that if they picked Nova's options, they could have gone down a completely different path. Simon believed that they're both looking for the crown, but Beth points out Nova was mostly following Casper because she was obsessed with him. Upon hearing Simon's point that they were in love, she adds that their love was not on equal footing. Ouch. Ugh. That's like a twist of the dagger in the heart. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. like after all this time of Simon trying to get back to Betty to find out that love wasn't completely... Like, she went along with what he wanted because yeah. he loved her, but she didn't... Like, their needs weren't both met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, ultimately, Simon was only thinking about his wants. Yep. So Which s- then forced him to forget her. Yeah. Because he had the crown. Yep. Wow, yeah, good point there. I didn't really think about that aspect. Yeah. So she says this isn't necessarily Casper's fault, but Simon, recognizing the parallels with his and Betty's relationship, realizes that Casper could have been more thoughtful about what Nova was sacrificing. He's transported out of Sherman's body, Shermie's body, while Shermie tells a puzzled Beth that he was a prisoner in his own head. Cake's fight with the scarab ultimately fails, leaving her incapacitated from overextending herself. So really quick. So Betty, I don't know the whole story with Adventure Time at the end. It sounds like Betty like sacrifices herself or dies in some way. Maybe. So if that's the case, both of those things happened as opposed to one or the other. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. While Scarab continues attacking, Gary and Marshall Lee try to fight him with Gary's cookies and Marshall Lee's music, which is not very effective. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) Fiona watches in horror as Scarab continues destroying their world, protesting that she was wrong and she wants the world to continue as it is. In Gulb's dimension, Simon returns to his body, acknowledging he let Betty sacrifice her own desires for him. 
He thinks back to the day at the bus stop where he stopped her from going to Australia. Stepping into his memory of the event, he causes the memory version of Simon to decide to join her in the findings of the petroglyphs. But as they board the bus, he realizes that this isn't how it happened. And Betty, speaking to him for the first time, acknowledges that they could have made better choices, but she does not have any regrets. They bid a bittersweet goodbye to each other, with Betty telling Simon he was a wonderful experience, and Simon replying she was everything. He was, she was everything to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Seeing this vision of Betty transform back into Gold Betty as she departs in the bus, he wonders if this happened in his head or was Betty actually talking to him. He reflects on his choice to put the crown back on and realizes he only did it because he thought helping Fiona and Cake would give him a reason to exist, only to now know he is no less worthy of existing than Fiona and Cake, which appears to please Gold Betty. Yeah. It seems like there's never an ending for Simon that's not at least a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. So hearing the phone ringing, he picks up and finally talks to Fiona, who tells him about the Scarab's attack on her world. Uh, Panicked, he prepares to put the crown on anyway, only for Fiona to tell him to stop, saying she would rather fight and die for the world as it is than change it back. Simon fights the urge to put the crown back on and throws it away, protesting to Golbetty that he did not ask for this responsibility. As he does this, Golbetty causes him to cough up what he realized realizes is actually Fiona World, which takes the form of a dandelion seed head. He contacts Fiona again and reaches into the portal to hand it to her, gifting her control of her world. Proceeding to make a wish on it like Hunter showed her, the seeds spread across the world, gradually healing everything and everyone, restoring the environment. Goldbetty picks up Simon and sends him flying back into the void as Simon seemed to morph back into Gulb's original form. Finding himself floating through a sea of dimensions represented as rocks, he searches for the one that will take him to Ooh. Meanwhile, in the time room, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Prismo mm-hmm. finally frees himself and tries to track down Fiona World, only to watch with glee as Fiona World is canonized into the multiverse. <laughs> I hated everything <laughs> about that sentence. <laughs> yeah, so he's like floating in the air and then he like touches a rock and he gets like a vision in his head. And so he's like, oh, these are different universes. I mm-hmm. need to find the one that's ooh so I can go back to it. Yep. So in Fiona World, Scarab continues trying to destroy everything, only for his damage to be reversed as he is not supposed to destroy an authorized universe. His boss calls him and informs him of this change in circumstances. In rage, Scarab prepares to destroy the world anyway with his bare hands purely out of spite. Seeing this, Prismo searches through the multiverse for a way to intervene. Meanwhile, Simon awakens back in ooh to his relief. It made the job too personal, Scarab. Yep. Lost focus. So <laughs> Prismo finally summons... I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this. Prismo finally summons Peppermint Tank, Baby Finn, Jay Merton's Little Destiny, and the Squirrel. Mm. I forgot the Squirrel shows up. In it's so great. To Fiona World to help fight the Scarab. Fiona eats some of the Squirrel's strawberries to enlarge herself, fighting off the Scarab with uh, Cake's help. Scarab protests that for all they've done, they are previously only living in a fake bubble where nothing happens, but now they get all the bad stuff that comes along with being a real world. A world they can now screw up. This is when she's like, this is my number one dream. Oh, when she turns yeah. giant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. Yep. Um, also, it is kind of funny. I forgot like through the, the series, she's like, this number on my list or this number when she's experiencing different things. Yeah, we've heard like, at least three of her of her like ultimate dreams. Yeah, so cool. she gets cool. to live all of them out. <laughs> yeah. Fiona and Cake retort, that just sounds like the world is even more real. And with their alternate universe friends, get a hold of this crystal multi-tool and use it to trap Scarab in one of his own egg traps. 
Surveying the damage, they resolve to fix their world while their alternate universe friends ask to remain in their universe. Little Destiny is particularly looks forward to finally having functioning toilets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this world is a big step up for Little D. Yeah, for real. So in a montage, the repairing of Fiona world is shown while Simon is shown appreciating his life anew a little more. He tells of his adventures with Fiona and Cake to Astrid, who gets the idea to create Casper and Nova from his stories. Hmm. He and Fiona stay in contact via the phone. As punishment for his actions, Scarab is forced by Orbo to tidy up the time room as a shadow like Prismo. Though Prismo notes Orbo may eventually let him grant wishes too. It's actually, it's kind of a nice little scene. It's like Mm -hmm. you see Scarab was bad, but still ultimately has like a little bit of like hope for redemption in the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, He offers to cheer him up by letting him use the character creation program. Scarab reluctantly agrees, suggesting that they create a dark medieval mystery drama. Simon has a therapy session with Minerva about his adventures, although they try to find its privacy is affected by his remaining in the exhibit apartment in Upton. Yeah. (laughs) Simon resolves to eventually move. As Fiona tends to the park with Hunter, she expresses pride in her, quote, normal world and that's the end of season one of fiona and cake <laughs> so what do you think of the finale uh i think it was it, it really did a great job of tying everything together i think like the over like we had the arch and everybody kind of got their cake and ate it too yeah i i feel like it tied all the themes together really well in the end mm-hmm. we got to see a complete journey for all of the major characters yes i hope the scroll gets a little more happiness yeah in this world me too he seemed a little bummed out uh being a cursed animal salesman yep so it, it leaves some things in the end that like it, it makes me wonder like and want to see what happens next with like uh, you know, Simon deciding to move out and you know what? I, I feel like he'd have like a fun friendship with adult Finn in that world. Like yeah. I was thinking about that while watching. I was like, I hope he goes back and hangs out with him some more. Goes I on hope some so adventures. Too. I do love that at the end, uh, it shows that Fiona joins roller derby. Yeah. And her derby name is Snarla Gortelli, which is a pun of Carla Tortelli uh, from Cheers. Oh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so that's rad. Yep. I uh, got some uh, Godzilla reference in this one, so I'm uh-huh. happy. Yeah. Pond Swan was like one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Office delinquents. I don't remember that part. I think <laughs> he's deleting it. Anyway, uh, Baskin Robbins always finds out. I think as far as Baskin Robbins, they don't mess around. They don't mess around. Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> so um, I can't help but compare the finale that's the finale of adventure time and i'm not going to get into spoilers with that but with this uh this i felt like this was a really good finale for this series like because like as far as the creators knew there this Mm -hmm. was a one-off season like there wasn't gonna be a second one i feel like thinking of it that way this is a pretty good it's a really good finale yeah yeah it's not like my favorite finale ever but it did it did a good job overall yeah tied up all the stories i think and i think what was cool is like we saw a lot of Characters come back, which I thought were really fun, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. I also liked the fact that, you know, we had just a lot of different callbacks of the series overall, and I don't know, I think it all just tied together in a nice bow. Yeah. In the end, when Simon reached out to different worlds to get help for this battle, I thought the reveal was going to be that it was like Finn and Jake coming in to help save the day in the end. And then I was reminded reminded when that doesn't happen, this show is not about Finn and Jake. You know, yeah. Like, this isn't. This is an adventure time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it takes place, you know, within 
the world of Adventure Time. But in the end, this show is very much its own show. This isn't Adventure Time, and I can't just think of it as Adventure Time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious what they'll do for the second season. Yeah, me too. I'm very curious. If I'm, they'll, I'm, like, have, like, a different group of people. Gonna have or, to have a different villain. Or if they'll have a different villain, or, mm-hmm. like, what, what that's gonna look like. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea what to expect from a season two of the show. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite line? My favorite line was... Back up, everybody. I've seen movies. And that's cake. <laughs> and that's also like, I can relate to that in yep. every moment of my life. Because like pretty much everything I say is a quote from a movie. <sighs> and what's your favorite line? It was a tearjerker. It was like, you were a wonderful experience is what Betty says. And says, you were everything. Yeah. Simon says. Yes. Who's moving? Okay. Uh, give me an impression. I definitely teared up once or twice. Yeah. It's a good. It's, it's, it, it was a good. Um, my fa- so my impression is one I already did. Silly boy, these geese are long gone. Now is the era of Ponswan. Oh my gosh. Uh, so Ponswan. <laughs> hey, what's your impression? The universe has been canonized. Ooh, good villain voice, honey. Hey, thanks. You did it. I did it. I did the thing. <laughs> we got tons of trivia. Oh, let's jump right in. It's trivia time. All right. So as you know, the title of the episode is derived from TV show Cheers, Fiona and Cake Watch in their world. Yes. The world of water park prank makes an appearance in the montage when Simon multiverse hops. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's an episode. We'll get to that one one day. (laughs) (laughs) Fiona World's Betty water fountain statue changes to gold Betty, symbolizing how Simon's mind began to accept her reality after meeting her. Awesome. Huh. That's a great little detail. Yeah. The opening of the show, present since the second episode, foreshadows the finale. The fern tree transitioning to a thousand years in the future. Fiona's apartment being destroyed with smoke coming out of it with a torn page effect erasing it. And Simon floating in one of Golb's dimension Tetris-like blocks with the crown stuck in it in an inaccessible way, possibly symbolizing the efforts of Golbetti to protect Simon from using the crown again. Huh. Wow. Wow. Right on. <laughs> okay. Man, the trivia in the show doesn't mess around. Kind of like Baskin Robbins. They always find out. In a deleted scene, Scarab lands in the park where he is confronted by LSP, who tries to get his squirrels to attack. Scarab simply blasts the squirrels off camera. Hunter arrives to help, and Ellis asks him to use something to fight back. Hunter brings him to the garden to get some garlic, only to find the the garden destroyed by Scarab's attack. His sad realization that his crops are gone is comedically interrupted by the hole in the ground being wider and him nearly falling through. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fiona blows on a dandelion just like she did in this series' first episode, Fiona Campbell. This time, however, her wish comes true, and not only is Fiona World restored, it's also authorized and is now part of the multiverse. Simon has an epiphany in this episode about how much Betty sacrificed her own dreams for him. Betty had a similar epiphany in Temple of Mars, although due to her madness at the time, this did not stop her. Ah. The representation of Fiona World Universe when it is ejected from Simon's mind is similar to the holographic shape of the main universe projected by the Enchiridion in The Lich. Enchiridion. The Enchiridion. Simon closing his eyes and saying thank you to Golbetti before being sent back to Ooh might be a reference to Ice King's final line in the episode, thank you. Oh, wow. The one with the snow golem. Mm-hmm. So the Winter World is revealed to have been turned into a big river since the events of the Winter King. The ice cream shell mountains of the Candy Kingdom can be seen in the background. Hmm. Oh. When Simon is hopping through the multiverse, there is a universe in which Magwood from the episode Evergreen still has his ruby eyes, a major source of the crown's magic, 
on top of a volcano, presumably representing an alternate alternate timeline where the crown had never been made. Ah, Evergreen's an episode I'm excited to get into in season six. Yeah. Yeah. In Cake the Cat and Jerry, Fiona achieved two of their top three uh, (laughs) fantasies. I almost said Final Fantasy. Hearing Cake talk and finding a kingdom made of candy. In this episode, she achieves what she declares her top fantasy, becoming a kaiju. Ice Thing, formerly Gunter, is shown uh, to be missing on one of the jewels on his face, formerly the Ice King's crown, in the present day. Thus, his appearance would have to happen after the gem fell out and given to Turtle Princess as an engagement ring. As the flash forwards have shown, the missing jewel will come into the possession of Gibbon, or 1,000 plus years in the future. I don't even... I don't know anything about any of that. <laughs> I've forgotten uh, a lot of those references. I'm like, oh, I, this is just gibberish to my <laughs> In the previous episode, Simon assumed ancient artifacts was written by the Simon Petrikov of this universe due to the author's name being illegible on the cover and his mistaken assumption he was in an alternate universe instead of the future. This episode's ending shows Astrid coming up with the idea for Casper Nova from Simon's stories, implying she was the author after all. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so if this is true, he uh, we would have uh, we would have a paradox similar to the one from the episode Betty, which reveals that Betty didn't leave Simon because of his ice powers, but because she went through the portal to the future to save him. In this case, Casper Nova would be created because Simon saw the future and told what happens there. That's mind blowing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a wow. That's, that's cool. Another great detail. Just before Prismos summons his computer, his face briefly glitches with an accompanying sound similar to the glitches that accompanied Fiona and Cake, causing something in the alternate universe to change. A major theme of the series is acceptance, with both Simon and Fiona going through this process in varying ways. In Fiona's case, it's subtly set up in the first episode. Hunter explains to Fiona how any plant can be considered a weed in the wrong context. In this case, Fiona World was in the wrong context for a long time, being considered illegitimate, a weed, by Scarab, and the official cosmic rules. When Fiona accepted her world and wished for it to continue existing, this way the universe could have a reason to exist. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's Hmm. great. That's really cool. Uh, Simon entering a simulation of what would happen if he decided to join Betty's trip could be connected to another theme of the show, how different decisions could create whole different stories. This was explored in the previous episodes, which revolved around showing what uh, the land of Ooh would look like if different decisions were made. All right. And that's the last bit of trivia we've got for Fiona and Cake. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so what I think is really interesting about like this kind of series and how we're looking at it, I, I, I really appreciated the arc that they went through. You know, I think that sometimes we always think the the grass is going to be greener on the other side. And when we practice acceptance and we like look at like what we have and where we're at and how this is like, well, you know, like sometimes our life is actually pretty fine just as it is, you know, and, and like what we might be sacrificing by doing something different can definitely have an impact on ourselves and others. Yeah, I think that you make some great points. What and, do you um, think? I completely agree with you. And I think um, I mentioned an episode or two ago that we took for granted how simple the original Adventure Time was, especially over the first half. And we had to kind of dig for some deeper messages and stuff like that. And this one, it was very obvious from episode one that there's a lot we're supposed to be taking in. Right. Even if not all of it came through in one viewing. Right. So like what you what you just brought up throughout the course of the show, you start seeing these deeper messages like start coming forward and you're like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here and what they're doing here. And 
it's made obvious through some of the dialogue of the show. Like, there's more swearing in this, and there's more uh, overt violence and yeah. gore than the yeah. original Adventure Time. I feel like this was made for adults. Yeah. Maybe, like, late teens to adults. Yeah. And I think the messages in, in this one um, are messages that adults could learn from and appreciate. Totally. Not just kids. Yeah, I agree. I really think, like, I would be interested to hear about where do you think the pivot started? So, like, this pivot that Fiona went through, right? Like, so she started having these actualizations, these realizations that, like, the things that were important to her. It like, seemed to come in over the second to last episode when she saw that people are happy with the way the world is in her world. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that maybe she took for granted the things that are good there. Like, maybe she just wasn't fulfilling her own life. Yeah. Maybe that's why she was unhappy. Maybe it wasn't the world around her. It was her getting in her getting in her own way. I think for me, as I was watching this, it, it was when she was worried about Cake being killed by the vampire yeah. king. And I think that's when it, for me, that's when it started. When you start noticing, she's like, oh, this is real. And the things that are important to me could be really severely impacted by, you know, my choices and my actions. And look at all the things that have happened in these other worlds because of me. And then starting to really think about like how she wants to like show up for herself. Yeah. Maybe. And for Cake, you know, that relationship with Cake is really important to her. I think on the other hand, we see Simon, right? He he only has like in his mind, he only has one path and they really marry each other. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like both of them come into like different realizations. Like and I think that's the purpose of these these last couple of episodes is like, hey, this is this is what life is for you. And you have choices, even if it didn't feel that way at first. I love it. Also, a lot of tremendous healing. For both of them, I thought was was pretty cool. Absolutely. I, I was very happy, to, again, to see Simon get to where he is at the end of this compared to where he was in the beginning, mm-hmm. where, again, he had no purpose. Like, he, he felt like, like he just didn't have anything to do with himself. His relationship with Marceline isn't what it used to be. Yeah. No direction. Yeah. And, yeah, of course, same with Fiona. So it is just so cool seeing the lengths the show went to um, bring these two to where they end up being in the end. Uh, it went in directions I did not expect and yeah. got even a little deeper than I expected it to go. Yeah, it was really cool. Yep. Really, really cool. Well, Matt. Yes. We did it. We finished covering the Fiona and Cake Takeover. I am a glob. <laughs> um, I did have one last thing to say, ultimately, yeah. as far as like final thoughts on this series as a whole. Yeah. The first couple seasons of the original Adventure Time. I feel like are a different show mm-hmm. than what you get over the last few seasons of that show. Because mm-hmm. I look back at like episodes like say like the Enchiridion. Yeah. Or like Blood Under the Skin or like um, uh, City of Thieves, like those kind of things where it was just like an episode, episode of the uh, Adventure of the Week, not always a deeper theme. Yeah. And it was just like goofy, weird entertainment for the sake of goofy, weird entertainment. And I feel like maybe that's what Pendleton Ward's original vision was for Adventure Time. Like it, it like nothing as grandiose as what the series becomes, which eventually leads to how grandiose this series is yeah. in its storytelling and everything. Yeah. And it's like if I take like any episode of the show and watch an episode from like season one to three of Adventure Time, I'd be like, wow, these are two completely different entities. Hmm. And I think when I started watching Adventure Time was during season three. And I, I just like fell in love with it. And by the end of that series, it's so different. And then going into this, which is even further yeah. from what the original Adventure Time was, ultimately, 
the harder adventure time for me is the first few seasons. Yeah. Like, I, th- I don't think that's ever going to change at this point. It was it was a different vision back then than what right. it ended up becoming. And that for me is always that defines adventure time for me. Do you think do the the second half of the series, which we're going to go into starting, you know, coming soon? Like, do you think that helps or hurts adventure time? I don't think it hurts it. But it is very different from what the show started off as. Yeah. And if I had to pick which version I I personally enjoy more, it's one where I can just throw on a random episode and have a good time. Yeah. I still love the show that the second half is. Yeah. It's just a different love than what I have for the first half. Okay. Yep. That makes and sense. Again, like it's been a long time since I've seen the second half of the show, so maybe I'll change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. Well, I'm excited to see where it goes and have that journey with you. It's going to be a good time. It is. Season six. Yep. Right, and before season six starts, I'll be releasing our, finally, uh, the season five ranking episode. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. It's uh, been tinkering away at that for a while. And it's finally, uh, I'm, I'm going to get it out there. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for sharing those thoughts, Matt. I really appreciate it. And for our listeners, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 216-260-GLOB or 216-260-4562. Yes. And we'll play it on the air. And Matt's going to tack that on to the uh, rankings bring, episode. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna play all of our updated listener feedback, listener feedback um, in our next episode. Yep. Including a voicemail. Woohoo! Woo! You can also reach us at Oh My God Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Oh My God Pod on Insta or email us at Oh My God Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Matt? Yes. You're the best. You're the best too. <laughs> well, thank you for hanging with us for this Fiona and Kate takeover. We will return to OGAT in our upcoming episodes, which we're really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. I'm I almost said absolutely, oh, and I stopped myself. Good for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting swifty. <laughs> when you're saying take it for granted, 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 I, all I could think of was <laughs> Rick, and Morty. For, Rick and Morty take it for granted. Oh, did, did you just say take it for granted? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, it must really blow your mind, huh, Morty? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, finally coughing. There we go. All right. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.